0: Today, I want to talk to you about imagine a serving church. Imagine a serving church. There are two types of people who attend churches today. There are consumers and there are contributors. I don't ever want this church to be a consuming church. I want this church to be a contributing church. where We're contributing, where we're making a difference. There are two types of people who attend church. There are people who come in with the mentality of serve us, or people with a mentality that says, "service," And I don't ever want this church to be about serve us. I want it to be about "service." You see, church, you can come into a church, it can become all about you. It can become all about me. I said two weeks ago, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's, this is not about me, church. And that, that's what I call it. When church is all about me, I call it me, church. It's all about me. And the best way that I can illustrate me, church, to you... It's by you checking out this video. When I think about me, Lord, how I picked me up, turned me around, how I set my feet. It really all is all about ground. you. I rain Now. The greatest collection ran, of me worship ever assembled on ran, one CD. Forever never, all ran, 20 songs, all you, about you. But to my name be the glory. This amazing collection is great to share with friends, so if you have any. To love me. Everyone can join in so the worship with you for you. And about you because you are unique and you love me so to love me because I'm wonderful. All this for only nineteen ninety nine. Operators are standing time, by to serve you all the time. I am good. I am good. Oh, sing with me. Call 1-800-ME-ME-ME me, me, or order online at me, I, myself and I.com Oh, we'll see how call today because no one can praise you like you. Am I? <laughs> Brian's sick. It and That dude is just that guy is a sicko. Me church is all about me. That is not what we want at People's Church. Not serve us, but serve this. And what I want to do today is I want to talk to you from Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 29, about imagine a serving church. And so please uh, take, uh, don't, don't tune me out here as I read the entire story. I want you to grasp this story, understand it. Uh, because I'm going to unpack it for you today. So Matthew 25, verse 14, let's listen to this story Jesus tells us. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money, to another, two talents, and to another, one talent, each according to his ability. Now, the interesting thing is we get our English word talent from this Bible story. Now, the word talent here, it, it literally means a, a, a thousand, so one talent equaled about a thousand dollars of today 's money, and yet we, we get our, our English word was derived from this word talent, notice each according to his own ability, and so the word talent a little different meaning today in our in our language it says then he went on his journey, the man who had received the five talents Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown. And gathering where you have not scattered. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him today i want to talk to you about talents not in the biblical text of a thousand dollars but i want to talk to you about the english word talent the talents that you and i possess in our own lives i want to give you three insights from this scripture three insights about our talents Number one is this. You can follow along with me in your bulletin. Fill in the blanks and take some notes. Number one is this. God has loaned me a set of talents. God has loaned me a set of talents. Notice this, Matthew 25, verse 15. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. There are three things that I want you to notice about talents. The first thing is this. The amount of talents we possess differs. That's so important for you to understand. The amount of talents we possess differs. Some people have 5 talents. Some people have 2 talents. Some people have 1 talent. The amount of talents differs. There are, there are some people who are more talented than you are. There are some people who are less talented than you are. There are some people who have more opportunities than you have. There are some people who have less opportunities than you have. But what matters? What matters is not what other people have, but what, what you do with what you have. That's what matters. There's a second thing that I want you to notice about talents. In this story, everybody gets something. Everybody. In other words, there's no such thing as a no-talent person. Some of you would beg to differ with me when you look at folks around your workplace. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you that there there is no such thing as a no-talent person. Everybody, everybody on planet Earth has at least one talent. The scripture says in Romans 12 and verse number 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. And that's at times why we don't think somebody has talent because their gifts are different from ours. And so we don't value them, but they have a talent. They they have gifts according to the grace given to them. The, The third thing that I want you to notice about talents is this. God gave you your talents. God gave you your talents. Matthew 25 verse 15 says, To one he gave. To one he, he gave. And the story is talking about the master. It's talking about the owner. It's talking about God. God gave, dispersed the talents. You don't deserve it. You didn't earn them. You didn't work for your talents. It's a gift from God to you. Church, God's gift to you are the talents He's given you. Your gift to God is what you do with them. I want you to hear that. God's gift to you are the talents he's given you. Your gift to God is what you do with them. First point is, God has loaned me a set of talents. Number two, there's a a second insight about talents that I want you to see. Number two is this. It's wrong to bury what God loans me. It's wrong to bury what God loans me. In this story, the third guy does nothing with his talent. He goes out and just buries his talent in the ground. Does nothing with the talent he has been given. And the reaction of the master, the reaction of the owner may be very surprising to some of you. Here's what the master says to the one who buried his talent. Matthew 25 and verse 26. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Here's what I gleaned from this scripture. It is very obvious that God is not happy when people bury their talents. I mean, that's obvious to me. Most of us associate the word wicked with things like rape, child molestation, murder, genocide. We think those are wicked things, and they are. I mean, those are wicked things. But do you know what God says? He says, not only are those wicked things, but in my eyes, when a person doesn't develop and use their talents, that is wicked to me. God says, listen, I've, I've given you some talents. I give you, I've given you some abilities, and I expect you to use them. And when you bury them and do nothing with the talent I've given you, I view that as wicked. I view that as lazy. What I want to do for the next few moments is I want to quickly give you four mindsets you must overcome. Four mindsets you must overcome because what I don't want you to do is fall into one of these mindsets and bury your talent. You see, this one talent man had some bad mindsets and it caused him to bury his talent. And I do not want to see you get into one of these mindsets and bury your talent because God does not look very favorable upon people who bury their talent. The first mindset that you have to overcome is this. Number one is this. Don't play it safe. Don't play it safe. Matthew 25, verse 25. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. The third guy plays it safe. He just buries his talent in the ground. He says, listen, I'm so scared I might lose it. I'm so scared I might mess up. So I'll just play it safe. Just bury my talent, play it safe. Church, what a lousy way to live. (laughs) What a lousy way to go through life. Nothing ventured, nothing gained, nothing lost. Just playing it safe. God calls that a wicked way to live. Friends, it is impossible to please God when you bury your talents. It's impossible to please God when you play it safe. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. See, God has called us to live a life of faith. He's called us to live a life of risk. He's called us to use our talents, to take some risk to do something great for the glory of God. Listen, it takes no risk to bury your talent. It takes no risk to stay in your comfort zone. It takes no risk to do nothing at all with the talent that God has given you. And yet many people go through life just playing it safe. God's called us to play it safe. And the first man played it safe and buried his talent in the ground. And friends, God's gift to you or well, the talent he's given you. Your gift to God is what you do with them. The second mindset you must overcome is this. Don't minimize what you have to offer God. Don't minimize what you have to offer God. This is very interesting, church. Don't miss this. It wasn't the five-talent person who who buried their talent. It wasn't the two-talent person who buried their talent. It was the one-talent person, the person who had the least amount of talent buried his talent in the ground. I've seen this kind of person over and over and over that here's how they say it since i'm not the superstar i'll just bury my talent since since somebody is better than me and and smarter than me and better than me i'll just do nothing at all i mean i'm not i don't have five talents i just got one and there's somebody better than me so i'll just bury the talent that i do have friends that's goofy (laughs) That's a goofy way to go through life because God isn't going to compare you with anybody else. When you stand before God one day, He's not going to say to you, Why weren't you more like so and so? Why didn't you act and do more like so and so? No, no, when you stand before God, He's going to ask you, What did you do with what I gave you? What'd you do? What, what God, I mean, come on, God, that's just little on me. I, mean, I don't have but one talent. I I'm not the most talented person. I mean, I'm just little on me. I mean, look, look at me, God. And God says, listen, I made you. I created you. I gave you the talent that you have. And here you are minimizing the talent that I gave you. I'm not asking you to compare yourself to somebody else. I'm simply asking you to use what I gave you. Use what I gave you. Don't minimize what God has given you. There, there, there's a third thing that I, I want you to see, a third mindset you have to overcome. Number, number three is this. Don't let fear stop you from making a difference. Don't let fear stop you from making a difference. Notice Matthew 25 and verse number 25. It says, so I was afraid. Everybody shout afraid. Come on, shout out again, afraid. Notice what he says. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. This man was afraid and let fear control his life and he buried his talent. And so many people let the fear of failure stop them from using their talents for God. Some of you, underneath the sound of my breath right now, the fear of failure has gripped your life, and because of the fear of failure, you have buried your talent. You're paralyzed right now. You've made so many mistakes in the past and failed in the past that you're letting your past keep you from using your talents for God today. And here's the real issue. Let me tell you something about failure. Failure is not negative. Listen, failure is part of learning. That's how we learn. Let me be honest with you. I have failed, I have made more mistakes in life than I've had successes. And if you're honest, so have you. Some of you act holy up in here, but I know better. I know you, I know you didn't mess up. I've made more, it's a part of learning. Listen, don't call it messing up anymore. Call it an education. Huh? Some of us are just more educated than others. That's all I <laughs> I mean we messed up. We we I mean, that's how I've grown as a pastor over the last seven years. I mean, I, I messed up, made a mistake and pick myself up and keep moving forward. My, my, my big deal is just don't make the same mistake again. But you learn, you, you mess up, you step out in faith and you mess up. You, listen, don't you let the fear of the past and making a mistake paralyze the great things that God wants to do for you in the future. The issue is not have you messed up. That's not the issue. Your, your focus should be this. Am I still pursuing Christ? Come on, your focus shouldn't be the failure. Your focus should be: Am I still pursuing God's purpose and plan? He still—I'm still breathing. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. Am I still pursuing His plan with the gifts and talents that He has given me? There's a, a fourth mindset that you must overcome. Number four is this: Don't make excuses. Don't make excuses. Notice this in Matthew 25 and verse 24. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Did you notice who this one talent man is blaming for his failure? Did you notice? He's blaming the master. He's blaming the owner. He's blaming God for his failure. He's saying, God, Master, it's your fault that I'm not using my talent. Have you been doing that very thing to God? Blaming God for why you're not using your talent? Well, Lord, if you'd have gave me a different husband, I mean, Lord, I'd be using my talents for you. My Lord, that knucklehead man you done gave me. I don't know what you want me to do, Lord. Lord, if was not for that crazy wife you gave me, Lord, you know, I'd be using my talents for you. Lord, if you wouldn't have blessed me with so many kids, I'm like the old woman who lived in the shoe. I got so many kids, I don't know what to do. Well, Lord, if you wouldn't have blessed me with that job I got. Lord, you gave me that job, and I'm just too busy. I got too many things going on. I can't do anything for your kingdom. Lord, I'm busy. I got I got things to take care of. Well, Lord, if I looked more like her, I'd be, if I was more tall and more skinny, if I if I was smarter, Lord, if you just made me more educated, I'd I'd be able to do great things for you. And if you're not careful, you find yourself just like the one-talent man making lots of excuses and even blaming God for why you're not using your talents for his glory. Listen, church, don't spend your entire life making excuses. You can spend your time and your talent and your energy either making excuses or making effort. What are you doing? Making excuses? Are you making effort? I'm putting forth effort to use the talents that God's given me to advance His kingdom, to further His kingdom. Don't you spend your life making excuses. God's gift to you are the talents He's given you. Your gift to God is what you do with them. Point number three as I wrap up this third insight about talents. Number three is this God will hold me accountable for what I do with my talents. This is going to be new to some of you. This is going to be like fresh revelation for some of you. God will hold me accountable for what I do with my talents. Please hear me today. Some of you are not aware of this, and I want to make you aware of it as your pastor. There's a day called Judgment Day that we're all going to stand before God. And God's going to ask us two questions. There's going to be a pop quiz in heaven. Two questions. But here's the the good news. God let us know the questions down here on earth so that we can be ready for them when He asks them to us. Let me give you the two. If you're not aware of the two questions God's going to ask you on Judgment Day, let me give them to you. Question number one What did you do with my son? What did you do with my son? I sent my son. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross of Calvary for your sins and my sins. He rose again on the third day with all power. What did you do with my son? Did you give your life to him? Did you make him your Lord and Savior? Did you live for him? Did you love him with all of your heart, your mind, your strength, your soul? Or did you reject him? Did you trample over him? Did you play games with my son? What did you do with my son? That's the issue of salvation. And that's the most important thing. It's, It's you need to make a decision to give Jesus your life. Because you'll be held accountable on judgment day for that decision or not for making that decision. But if you're not aware of this, this second question, it's important as well. It's not as important as the salvation one, but it is important If for the believer. Listen, for the believer. If you answer the question, yes, I've given Jesus my life. Here's the second question God's going to ask you. What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? You see god has given you and i talents he's given us resources he's given us abilities he's given us time and god's going to say with what i have given you what did you do with it we're going to be held accountable for what we did with what god has given you and i matthew 25 verse 19 back in the story it says after a long time the master of those servants returned and settled settled accounts with them. I guess today the best way I can describe it is get ready for April the 15th. Oh, it's coming. Get your taxes ready. You got to be held accountable. But what you got? Matter of fact, to be honest with you, it's a little deeper than April the 15th. It's an audit. On judgment day, God is going to audit your life line by line. Okay, you're saved. you're going to heaven. Praise God. But now what did you do with your life? What did you do? With the life I gave you. Friends, this is an issue of stewardship. It's very clear in the Bible that we're not our own. (laughs) We belong to God. He's given us time. He's given us energy. He's given us, he's given us resources. He's given us talent and he holds us accountable for the life we live. Friends, please hear me today. God has made an investment in you. He created you. He's given you life. He's given you talents. He's given you skills. He's given you opportunities. And friends, he's made an investment in you and he expects a return on his investment. Romans chapter 14 and verse 12 says, So then each of us, each of us, red, yellow, black, and white, young and old, all over the world, each of us will give an account of himself to God. What did you do with the life I gave you? Imagine this. Imagine Imagine this. Imagine at the end of your life, standing in front of Jesus. Imagine, imagine, imagine. And hearing Jesus say these words to you in Matthew 25 and verse 21. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. You did it. You lived for me. You honored me. You brought me glory. Well done. My good and faithful servant, you were faithful. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Imagine hearing your Lord and Savior utter those words to you at the end of your life.